Welcome to Counselor Find, a podcast for counselors past and present, finding their way in faith and current culture. We are your hosts, Shrek and Shopvac, also known as Terry and Zach. All right. Hey, welcome back. And I did that like a real hoser, but welcome. Hi. <laughs> it's good to see you. I gotta figure out a new way to do the intro. What? Maybe it needs to be me from now on. Maybe, but I'm happy to be here. Today... We're yeah. going to talk about personal finance and tithing and giving and stuff like that. Yeah. So, before you were like, mm, pass, here's, here's some quick, uh, here's a, oh wow, here's a quick sample of some of the stuff we might, we might talk about today. Okay. Uh, budgeting, benefits, tithing, giving, investing versus stocks, doing it on your own or not, life insurance, health insurance, home insurance, buy, lease, finance, car, how do I buy a home, etc. So we're going to go through some of that stuff. Oh. Terry has no idea when what to ask him. That's the first he's heard of it. So now he's jotting down notes all of a sudden. Um, and my thought was maybe don't spend too long on any of these topics. But we'll just do like an overview kind of or a okay. quick. Hey, we're just I might just cut like, you off at some point. Yeah, I so, assume that you will cut me off. The idea maybe would be that if you want to know more about a specific one of these, you talk to us or somebody about it. But Terry's just going to give us a quick, uh, quick intro on a lot of these topics. Or some quick advice, I should say. Okay, let's do it. <clears throat> All right. Um... We're not going to start with the first one that I wrote because that is about buying a home and that would be a bad place to start. So let's start with um, how do you, how, what would your suggestion be for organizing your income? Like presumably you wouldn't say just put it all into one account and spend as you need it. What would you say? Do you right. budget? Do you, how do you split it up? What do you do? Yeah, I think you should, well, I think everybody should have a budget. You should know where your money's coming right. and where it's going. And all a budget is, is a plan for what you have coming in and going out and where it, so that you're controlling your money, your money's not controlling you. I think a lot of people get caught up in that their money controls them mm. and the money dictates where they go. And usually that is what we call debt. Right. And the Bible says we shouldn't be controlled by money. Yeah. Somewhere, somewhat. Yeah, there's quite a bit. <laughs> um, it's really quite fascinating if you, if you do a study on money in the Bible, mm. how much it's talked about. Jesus talks about it quite a bit. Mm -hmm. uh, it was quite an important thing for the people he was talking to. And most of his audience didn't have any. Right. So it was, you know, very much a working class audience. Sure. And then when he's talking to the Pharisees, they're very middle class mm -hmm. and, uh, and would be similar to probably where we live in affluent, uh, Southern Ontario. Right. You should have a plan for your money. You should have a budget. Where is your income going? That's an interesting way to put it. Like, are you talking like, how much do I save and how much do I spend and how much should I be putting towards different yeah, aspects Yeah, well, I of guess it? like, rewind a bit. What, like, by a budget, do you mean like, should I use a specific app? Do I have to talk to a professional? Do I just like make an Excel spreadsheet with everything that I have to spend monthly money on? 
example would you suggest there? Uh, I think what I find is people are really, um, some people love a spreadsheet and other people are really overwhelmed by it. They're like, Ooh, this looks like math. I can't do this. Mm-hmm. If that's the case, then you need a different tool. Mm-hmm. There's lots of, I'm sure there's apps out there. I don't use any apps. There's a lot, yeah. There's a lot of apps <laughs> yeah. out there. And and your bank probably has one your, online. Your bank definitely has one where online. You can yeah. just do that. Um DaveRamsey.com, I'm guessing. Dave Ramsey right. is this uh Christian money guru, Christian money guide, mm-hmm. uh dude out of the States who's made money, lost money, got bankrupt, bought property, lost property kind of like, how do I gain control of my life and my finances? And they started a radio show and then it grew and it grew and it grew and it's become this thing. And that's basically what he does then is talk to people about their finances and money and answer their questions. If you go to his website, there's a lot of tools on there. Um, Okay. So, so when you're building your budget, you're basically just building out how you're spending your money. Yeah. Where's your money coming in and where's your money going out? Right. So I get a paycheck on the first of the month and where is it gone by the 14th? Okay. So what would you suggest you do for like a split as far as like, if I want to give and tithe or the Bible says I should, we're just going to skip past teaching about that. We're just going to assume everyone knows the Bible says you should tithe slash give money. So how do I, budget for that in the sense of like how do I make sure I have enough or like what if I think I don't have enough like how does can a budget help me find some money that I didn't think I had what do you suggest yeah a budget will help you find money that you didn't think you had mm-hmm. a budget will also show you places where you're leaking money right um right like I can build a budget and I have so much for groceries and so much for gas in a month and then this is amount for fuel and repairs for my car and insurance for whatever and rent. But then you're like, oh, well, it looks like I should have X number of dollars left over every month and I don't. So where's right. that money going? Right. Because you think you're going to spend 200 on entertainment, but you're spending 400 on entertainment. Right. Because you're thinking entertainment is just when I go to the movies or I go bowling. I don't know if anybody goes bowling anymore, but then you're like awesome. spending yeah. it on like <laughs> Starbucks and you buy yeah. McDonald's with well, so a lot of banks too, like it's good. I think when you're making your budget, you can um, cross-reference it with your bank. Will often have an app or a service where you can see literally the kind of categories your money is going to. So you might be like, "Oh, I'm going to spend X amount a month on fuel," but it's actually double that in reality. Like maybe you need to adjust your budget number. Right. <laughs> like it's not realistic, or whatever, right. whatever the thing is, or I need to cut back on X or whatever. Um, how much yeah. do you think we should be tithing? There's like this random numbers that get thrown around sometimes in church. And uh, what is that number? So pretty, st- a pretty solid number is 10%. Right. Right. And a pretty safe number biblically is 10%. Tithe meant a 10th. So, so like, God would say, give a tithe. And right. it was one tenth. Uh, often, or he, you hear first fruits. It was always like whatever was first in your life. Mm. You gave to God. Right. So right when you get your paycheck, 10% comes off the top and you give that to the church tithing somewhere you tithe it to. Yeah. Somewhere it's just giving it back to God. Some people say 10% has to go to the church. I don't see that in, it's 
not that clear. It is clear you should be supporting your your local congregation, your pastor. Like that's very clear in the New Testament. Like support right. these people; they're working for you. You wouldn't have have an ox pull your plow through the field and then not feed your ox. So you know the same thing. These people are helping you get through life. Help them. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also there that they you know give generously, give give as you can. I, I would encourage people that. You should be saving and giving at the same rate. You should be saving and tithing at the same rate. Okay, so 10 and 10. 10 and 10. Uh, it's kind of a safe number. Right. Um, and then that's kind of like your, your rainy day long-term plan. Okay. It's important that you understand that that needs to be, like to me, this, if I'm tithing and I'm giving it to God, then God and I have an arrangement here. Mm-hmm. Like, God, I, I believe in you. I'm giving you my first fruits. If I can't afford 10%, if I'm at a point where I've just graduated and I only have $100 coming in a month and I got 98 of it's going to my student loan, uh-huh. then God, we, we got an issue here. <laughs> yeah. Help me give more. Right. And so let's make a plan, God, between you and me. This is how we're going to fix this. I need more income. And when I get more income, then you and I will split this. Right. <clears throat> That's how I would look at it. Like 10 is a a number I would shoot for, but some people are like, no, like God has blessed us and 20 and 20 is what we're doing. Right. Uh, Or actually we're doing 20 to God and five to a savings account because we think we need to rely fully on God or whatever. So roughly 80% um, for your bills and fun and all that. Um, If you think... Do you think that we we should be aiming to to have that percent as low as possible though? Like if we can cover our bills in sixty or seventy percent, it's not about just like spending the rest of that up to eighty percent on fun. Or is that? Do you think that that would be? Should you should you maybe predetermine how much you want to spend on entertainment slash fun slash like non fired bills um, before you see how much you actually have available? Well, I think that. What we get caught up is each month we look at it and go, oh, cool. I have leftover money. I'm going to just spend it. Yeah. I'm going to do some fun. But what we're not doing is like, okay, I want to go on a vacation next year to Greece. Right. I should be putting money aside so I can go to Greece next year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or, saving for something fun. That's so you're different saving, kind of saving for something fun. Right. Right. So, yeah, I have that extra leftover 20% each month. I'm going to mm. put this into an account. Because I, I want to go on a vacation next year, or I, I need to replace my car in two years. Right. I should be saving up to replace my car. Mm-hmm. Or um, even just having money to help somebody out when they need it. Right. Like, actually, yeah, I have $1,000 I could just give you. Yeah. Like, bless you. God bless you. Like, here's $1,000. <laughs> or your mission trip, or because your car broke down, or because yeah. you need groceries, or because your heart's moved for this this missionary that comes through town or sure. a family in need. Okay. Well, moving on from budgeting, sure. um, I just wanted to kind of have that as a groundwork of like under the assumption of a 10, 10, 80 roughly set up. Um, we can kind of talk about some of these other things on what we're doing with our money mm-hmm. um, within that framework. So um, only thing I also want to say is like, I've noticed that especially from myself um, it's been really interesting to see the subscriptions sneak up because those are becoming more and more expensive and there's just more and more of them every year. 
Um, so it was really surprising to me to see how many dollars I spend a month or a year in subscriptions, whether that's like, like Disney TV, plus and Netflix. And... Yeah. Um, I don't know if people have boxes, the like box subscriptions, maybe you do like, uh, other apps or I don't know. There's just so many Sports things Illustrated. Like, maybe it's not a hard subscription, but it's like, a, even just like a, a monthly, I call it like a soft monthly, like where it's like, you don't really need it, but you have it and you kind of forget. Cause it's like, seems like a small amount, but it really adds up over time. Mm-hmm. VPN app. I don't know. There's all kinds of things. Yeah, dead gym memberships. Yeah, like uh, there's things that just like you're like, oh yeah, I have that. Oh, it's only this much per month. But then it just like all of a sudden it's like five hundred dollars worth of stuff, and it's like, whoa, like uh, do I need all this? Maybe, but like I just like it's easy to forget about it when you're budgeting. It is. Uh, um, the other thing is too, like well, your phone plan. Yeah, like like your phone plan was eighty bucks a month. Can you get a cheaper phone plan? Like, right. can you manage it? Like, does, does it have to be that high? Can we get it down to $25 a month and, yeah. and do the same thing you're doing? Right. And yeah, so it's just, I remember like thinking when I first started doing budgeting, like, oh, 200 bucks for all entertainment included. It was easy to say that. And now it's like, no, it's way more than that. Like, it's not even close to that number. So it's just, you have to really like, yeah, you have to write each thing down, like try and figure that out because it adds up it adds up fast at like apple music or spotify and like you just it's never ending like you start thinking about the list of things so it's never ending and and it's entertainment yeah <laughs> which is a really scary thought yeah yeah um okay so i think i'll i'll look at um cars next okay buy, buy lease or finance what's right yes what's right for me what do i do Buy, lease, or finance, or finance. Oh, okay. So a car loan. Sure. Because isn't that the same thing as buying? Yes, but like, sorry, buy with cash, like buy straight okay. up, buy outright, finance it, or lease it. Right. Which one should I do? Can really depend on the amount of cash you have. Sure. I think if you can pay cash, you should pay cash. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you okay paying? Like if I have $4,000 for a car, um, I'm buying a really used car. Mm-hmm. Is that okay for my job? Do I just need a used car? Right. Um, some people need a car that's um, a little more reliable mm-hmm. than a used car could be because you're going to have repairs on a used car. So I spent 4000 but I'm going to have to fix this up as I go. Right. Uh, do I finance a car? I can, I can finance a car for 15 grand or 20 grand, but now I'm putting a lot of money into a car over the next four years. Mm-hmm. I'm not just 4,000 up front, but 4,000 for the next five years. Yep. So I, now I got a $20,000 car, but it's a lot more, um, like I'm a student, I've just graduated, I just got a job and I need to make sure that I can get to my, um, my new job. I need to make sure that my car is not going to die. I have a way to get there, uh, especially if you're rural and you got to get into town or you're in town and you got to get rural. Mm-hmm. But if you can always pay cash, pay cash. If you don't have to have a car payment, the car payment is, is really like cars are a sinkhole. They steal your wealth. Yes. Cars will steal your wealth and, and you can get by with a car that does a lot less than you think. The advertisers tell you that your car needs to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Like, it's amazing what you can get by with when you just need a car to get from A to B. And it's yeah. just transportation. If you see it as transportation, instead of like, this is my luxury sled 
and it's got to like have a certain paint job and be able to like hydraulics up and down and yeah. rumble when I push the gas. If you get past all that, you can save yourself a ton of money. Yeah. So, I mean, that one biggest things I've learned, and I've owned way more cars than someone my age should have owned by this point, but um, is that cars are not an investment. They're just a black hole of money pit. Like they're, they're a loss. They're a cost. They're not something that you make your money on. Right. It's a sunk cost. So if yeah. we were a business, we'd be like, okay, this is what we, we have to have this to operate our business. Right. Um, so how do we do this well and efficiently? Mm -hmm. So sometimes that's why you look at it and go like, do I lease a car? Like there's maybe two or three options where you're going to lease a car. Like my yeah, parents are in the their seventies. Yeah. Yeah. So my parents are in seventies. They're not putting as many kilometers on as they once did. And, uh, if they pass away, they don't need their car. No. Yeah. They'd be fine for it to just return to it the would dealer. Be okay if it would be just, okay if they're just rent. So a lease is really renting. Yeah. To clarify that. Cause I'm renting a car. Know. Yeah. Like I pay a deposit up front and then I get entitlement to X number of kilometers a year and I pay rent each month to drive that brand new car. Right. And then at the end of three years or two years or four years, that car goes back to them. I move out. Right. If you think of it as rent, I move to a new location. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a cost involved with moving to a new location, and that's kind of like your lease cost. Mm -hmm. Who rents a car? Well, maybe for business, if you need to have a certain type of vehicle for your business, and you can write it as a business expense, mm -hmm. but still a business expense. Like, it's still costing you money. Yeah. Uh, if you're really senior and you just need something safe and reliable, that, that gets you to where you're going. Maybe you're a recently graduated student. And again, you need something safe and reliable for the next two years. Yep. And you can, you can leverage your, your $2,000 in savings and $200 a month mm -hmm. to a reliable car for the next two years while you get a new job and you get started. But you don't want to rent a car for the rest of your life. Right. That's... So that's where we kind of start to fade into finance, I guess, then, is because there's also scenarios where... Um, like you're a student and you've graduated and maybe you can afford a monthly payment because you just got a new job and you get paid well, but you don't have any money saved up to necessarily just buy a $20,000 car straight up or even a $10,000 car. So maybe you pay monthly in a finance, which is typically less money than a lease, or maybe it's a bit more, I guess, but um, depends on comparables. Because <laughs> um, your lease is going to be a brand new car, your finance, you could get a used car or an older car. But whether it's maybe a bit less, maybe a bit more per month, but you're going to own that vehicle at the end of the, the term or whatever. So it really comes down to what you think, I guess you can afford as a lump sum or you afford as a monthly payment. Right. If you're going to do the monthly payment, ideally you don't have interest, which there's lots of options out there or very low interest. So you're not just wasting extra money, right? Right. And, and a lease, a lease just builds the interest into the payment. Yeah, I either mean, way, for finance, yeah. Either way, you're paying somebody to use that vehicle. Well, yeah. Um, so if you, if you take it out as a car loan and you pay the car off in five years, or you lease a Civic, okay, you lease your Civic or you buy your Civic. Well, at the end of five years, you still have your Civic. Mm -hmm. And you know who's owned it and who's spilled what in it, and you've done all the repairs, it's your car. Um, if you're hoping to keep your Civic for 10 years or 15 years, then that's a great, you know, it works out to way less over 10 years. Yeah. 
even though you're paying a higher portion over the first five to own it, then if you leased it for 10 years, you're going to pay way more. Mm -hmm. And so it doesn't make any sense to rent that Civic for 10 years. No, I mean, leasing over long term is more money. Um, you also don't have maintenance costs and some other things like that. So anyway, that's a quick overview. Um, not yeah. sure if that helps anybody or not, but <laughs> we can move on from there. Life insurance, health insurance, home insurance. What are they? Do I need them? Why did nobody in school ever tell me about them or my parents? <laughs> okay, so life, car. I said life, health, and home. Oh, health. Yeah. And home insurance. Yep. Okay. So you can see, I'm just writing this down. Yeah. So I have like my head straight. Car insurance is with the cars. Car insurance, you need that. You don't, have to have it. Yeah, the government says Go you have it. to have it, and the police <laughs> make sure you have it. Yeah. So life, health, and home insurance. So life insurance. Nobody says you have to have life insurance. Correct. Life insurance uh, works this way: you put insurance on your life, and then when you die, there's a lump sum that pays out to the people that you care about. And that helps them through. Why we don't teach about life insurance is because it, it is an optional thing, even though everybody dies. Right. And even though people are like, well, I'm going to live forever. So we don't talk about this because we all want to live till we're 95. And then sure. when we're 85, we're going to be like, well, I'm going to live to 105. So right. like, we just keep pushing that out. The reality is that crazy things happen to us, whether we're five or 15 or 35 or 55. So life insurance is there to protect the ones you love. Uh, a lot of people talk about it like, well, you know what? When I'm dead, I'm, I'm gone and who cares? Like, I don't care when I'm dead. Like, yeah, but what about all the people you love? How right. are they going to function? <clears throat> yeah. Um, if you suddenly died, like what are Bo and Leah going to do? Right. Like your income's gone and your wow. presence in their life. Okay. okay without that, whatever. Yeah. No. <laughs> but you're not even around to take care of Bo. Like yeah, Leah can't work sure. either. No, right? like she so, either had, yeah, I mean, she'd have to, anyway, yeah, there's expenses with when someone dies, right. like it's, life and, gets more expensive. Yeah. So unless she, enough. yeah. So that's what happens. So what about, what about Bo's opportunity? If you wanted to go to college someday, like you're, you're not there to help s the savings for the schools for the next 15 years while he's in, in the school system or 20 sure. years. Yeah. Um, so life insurance, although a lot of people say, well, I'm young, I don't need it. Uh, it, it's based on, you pay based on how old you are now right, and so how you're good you're young. It's really cheap. It is way cheaper like, when you're younger. I'm pretty sure it's like 20 year dollars or less a month if you're really young. Yeah. It can be really, really <laughs> cheap and you can get a large, uh, so there's term, which is just for a short term, like a, yeah. a bank loan or whatever. Um, or you can get permanent life insurance, which is like you have it permanently. It's for your whole life. It's, yeah. it's, it's until you die. Like it's basically the price of Netflix. Yeah, term insurance <laughs> would be so cheap for a large amount as a young person. And it's right. great because it, it would cover your mortgage. Then you, right? Now that monthly is going to go up when those terms, when the term expires, right? So, right. Every so if you get a 10-year term 10 every years, 10 whatever. years, every 20 years, whatever sure. it is. Yeah. Okay, so you think in general life insurance, good thing, consider getting it, especially once you are married or have kids or whatever. Once there's someone else depending on you, at least in oh, your life. Oh, for sure. Maybe even sooner. Yeah. yeah um, I think that's really important. Right. It also would help if you have any sort of debt at all in your life, whether that's school or you own a home or anything, a car, 
it can just easily be paid off and then your next of kin don't have to worry about that whether that's siblings or parents or spouse sure they don't have to incur that that dealing with that debt because now you just pay it off right and so like exactly. that's the best thing is like you're if you have a house like maybe your spouse can still afford the mortgage by themselves but they wouldn't even have to just disappear yeah or you, like even a, you're like I want to graduate school in three years and travel for two years. Yeah. And I want to see all these crazy things in the world, like the, the great wall of China and sure. the Himalayas and, you know, run with the bulls. Like you want to do these crazy things in life. Those all lead to accidents. Yep. Those are crazy. And then what happens if something happens to one of my kids and they're in Greece and they right. die because they decide to go, I don't know, into some volcano. So what's health insurance then? Health insurance <laughs> is about your health. How do I protect? Uh, and so the most common is disability insurance. Okay. So what happens if I become disabled? Mm. Whether that's a physical disability or a mental disability, what happens if I'm hanging lights and I fall off the roof yep. and I break my legs and I can't work for two months? Right. Yeah, I'm in a car accident. So car insurance helps with part of that, but then I don't right. have any income. So where's my income come okay. from? Uh, who's going to work while I get better? Or you have a heart attack. And, and they usually say if, if you survive your heart attack, because um, like 50% of the of heart attacks, the first symptom is death. Right. So that means in the other 50%, <laughs> you're surviving. Okay. <laughs> if you survive, it takes about a year to recover. Sheesh. To go through your surgeries, your bypasses, you're slowly rehabilitating, you're getting yourself back up to functioning to where you were. So right. what happens for that year while you recover and you get better? Yeah, like getting paid or what? How do you Yeah. <laughs> so so health insurance protects your income. Uh it can protect against uh significant trauma. So who should get health insurance and how much is it? Health insurance again depends on like family conditions and past, what your family history is, um, right. but your income providers really should have it it's in gonna a home. Be, it's going to be more expensive for you and I. It's going to be more expensive for me. <laughs> I'm, I'm almost 50, I'm overweight, and my dad has heart issues and diabetes. Yeah, right. So they're going to look at me and go, well, I don't know that you're going to get insurance to protect you against heart problems. So you might not even get it at this point. At this point, I may not even get it. Right. But if I drop 20 pounds and I can show uh, lifestyle changes that say I am living healthy, then I might be able to get it. So 20 to 30 year olds, should they get health insurance or not? You so, probably should get life insurance, you're often, saying, but... Yeah, quite often our health insurance is covered with our benefits. It's something that we have through our work. Okay. Uh, benefits for those that are, are younger and have never heard of it. It's like one of the things... We pay you less at work, but we give you these benefits. And right. the benefits would be like, we, we help pay for your drugs when you need a prescription. Yeah, those surprisingly cost money. Yeah. Or we, we, help, know that when you're growing we help pay up, for the dentist but... so that you can go to the dentist. <laughs> yeah, dentists actually cost money, guys. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I went for the first time you in like adult, six And then years. they walk in for a 20-minute appointment, and then they try and charge you $400, and you're pooping your pants with the recession desk. I know, and they haven't even done anything. I don't even have $400 in my bank account, let alone I didn't know the dentist cost money. I know. All they did was like <laughs> take a picture and say, yeah. okay, we'll see you next week for a cleaning. Like, I don't yeah. think so. How much is that going to cost me? <laughs> right. So, yeah, these things actually cost money, surprisingly. Now, yeah. 
most of us growing up don't know this because parents have benefits that cover them. Right. Um, or they don't. Or and they don't. And they've yeah. made sacrifices to make it happen. Sure. Um, so, yeah, benefits are something you should be looking for in your employment, even at the sacrifice of, of straight-up income because they're worth a lot per month if you have to buy them separately. Like, Leah has to pay for hers separately through her employment yeah, four, situation. Yeah, $500 a month. Oh, it's, yeah, it's more than that, more than I that? think. Yeah. yeah. Like, we, it was so much like when she was off on um, mat leave the first time, we just canceled them for that year. Because it was like, we weren't going to use enough in that year to be anywhere near the amount we were paying. Yeah. So. But if she's paying it personally, it, it is a tax benefit. It's a health expense. Yeah. But you still have to be able to afford it and pay for it. But, and if you don't have it and then somebody gets sick, now what do you do? Because you, you canceled the, them. Yeah. That's the tough right? part. What happens if over the next year suddenly something goes wrong? And because nobody plans for an aneurysm or a heart right. attack or cancer. Like they happen to us, mm -hmm. but we don't plan it. Now, certain things are covered under OHIP, like our taxes that we pay. Surgeries and certain medical care going to the hospital, but right, but your diabetic medi medication yeah, no. isn't. No, dental's not anything like you dental's chip, not. You're in a tooth or you get a cavity or whatever. Like you can't. You played hockey, yeah. for that year. So what happens if you take a puck in the face or a stick? Yeah, I just right. Suck it up, or you I guess. fall wrong and you break your leg. <laughs> I see you're getting worked up about me canceling my benefits I'm for really a year. getting worked up about this. Don't do that. Well, yeah, I mean, I should just fill out the other forms anyway. So home insurance. <laughs> What is home insurance and should I get it slash is it absolute robbery? Yeah. It so is. it depends <laughs> it depends which home insurance you're looking at. So if oh, you're getting sorry, okay, so if sorry, you're getting I meant a, mortgage insurance. You're getting by that, mortgage but, life insurance, yeah. then you should already be paying for your own private life insurance. Right. A mortgage life insurance just insures the lender. Yeah. So it's them putting a rider on their policy saying, if you die, this insurance will cover the mortgage for our sake. Right. Your wife gets none of it. You know, um, in your situation, you probably don't need it because right. if you died, Lee is still earning her income. She's yeah. happy to keep paying the mortgage. From what I've heard, almost every situation, it's better to have life insurance than home than mortgage insurance. And it's just better in every it's scenario. It's a lump sum that allows your survivor to decide how that money is spent. Right. Well, and with mortgage insurance, it's a decreasing amount, right? Yeah, it's it only, only the covers balance what's left on the mortgage. On the mortgage. Versus like the whole life insurance is that set amount. The and whole it's time. set to pay to the lender. Right. So your it wife gets none of it. There, or yeah. your spouse gets none of it. Or your kids get right. none of with it. With life insurance, she could use half to pay off the mortgage, some of it or whatever. Like Right. Or she could use the, the lump sum to pay the mortgage for two years while she's off. Yeah. And then goes back to work and she didn't have to worry about it. And she still has that lump sum that's left. Right. Home insurance, as I mistakenly said, that's just like car insurance. You have to have it on your home. You don't have to have it. That's well, the other thing. You don't have to should. have it. It's a really expensive insurance. Yeah. Like tenant insurance as a renter, that's really high. Surprisingly no, it's not high. bad. No, I looked at it. Really? Out here, yeah. Oh, out here? Yeah, out no, here it was see, really high. In Elmira, I was paying, I think I had it as low as like 25 bucks one time. Really? Yeah. But it depends how much. Like, so if we said, when okay, we were there was in the a country or 80, yeah. 80 bucks a month when we were yeah. far from a fire hydrant and all that. And it's that. just for like a benefit of like $20,000 or $10,000 right. to cover your contents. But, but if you're in home, if you're in town, I mean, like if you're, if it's 20 bucks a month to cover everything in your home, like that's not the worst thing in the world either. No, that's much better yeah. if you're in town. Yeah. 
Uh, depends on the type of house. Like if you're in the country and you have a fireplace in your home, your your house insurance goes up. Oh, uh, you're toast. Don't even bother. Yeah, it's really <laughs> bad. Yeah. Um, so we were out here in a house with two fireplaces. That to heat the home. To heat the home. <laughs> they have to be on all the time. All the time. And they're like, well. Uh, no. They're like, oh, the closest fire hydrant is 20 kilometers away. Yeah. And the lake goes away in the wintertime. Yeah. Uh, where would you get this water from? I don't think we're going to insure this house. You know, and, and at that point, you're better to just build a savings plan. Like if you're going to need $10,000 to replace your contents, if there's an emergency. Right, right. You're better to have $10,000 rather than trying to pay for an insurance monthly to do that. Okay, so this leads me to my next question. Okay. How the heck do I buy a house in this stupid market? How am I supposed to buy a home? Okay, what's the average home price right now in Waterloo Region? Do we know? Are you just going to rant for a bit? Like, should I get comfortable? No, 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 no. I'm not okay. ranting. I'm just like, how do we, I'm asking you a question. Like, let's uh, pretend I don't have a house right now. I looked at a townhouse recently, um, older townhouse, probably 50 years old, uh, on the edge of Waterloo that's... In a student density area. Yep. And it was $650,000 for a three-bedroom townhouse uh, in that area. Yeah. And then there's condo fees on that, right? Because you're part of a con, like a townhouse complex, so you pay common fees to have plowing and grass cutting and trees taken care of and sidewalks cleaned. Wow. So this so you're was... looking at a six hundred fifty thousand dollar mortgage plus two hundred dollars a month for a condo fee. Yeah. So back in March, the average price rose to just above a million dollars in KW. Uh, um, that's a single detached home, family home. Yeah. And now a year ago it was seven fifty. Let's split the difference, or let's just make an easy number of eight hundred. Um, for the sake of this discussion. Sure. So let's say I want to buy a house that is going to cost me about $800,000 right now. Maybe I can get one for seven if it's as semi and crappy. So let's go seven maybe. Um, <clears throat> how do I buy a home for $700,000 when I just finished school? Or I've been even working for five years and I've been out of school. Like how, what do I need? How much do I have to put down? So you want to have- What payment looking like? Right. So you want to have at least 10% down. So that's easy. That's 70,000. Why not five? And then, because. Are you, to, I don't think you're allowed to do five when it's over 500. I, I don't think you can anymore. Like I think <laughs> C, they changed the rules at yeah, CMHC. I think over 500,000, you have to put 10% down. Yeah. Okay. So I need 70 grand. Just to start the house. And then Just you're going to be able want, to pay the monthly amount. I right. have to have 70 grand. Yeah. Just to start. So if I don't have 70 grand, I'm screwed. Right. But you also want to have another. I think it's ten to twenty thousand for closing, land transfer tax, um, you know, all your setups and deposits that you need to set up for utilities yeah. and hydro. As a first time home buyer, those things aren't as bad. Like if you're not selling a home, still pretty high. But yeah, um, yeah there is benefits. And for, you do get a huge rebate on your first home yeah, purchase. You so, but yeah, like I, mean, I need at least seventy grand. You're saying you probably need eighty. Yeah. How am I supposed to just get that? So you need 10% plus 10 grand is what I would say. You have to save it. That's back to our budget at the so beginning. So I've just got to work and save. You got to work I and save. save that 10%. Maybe because I want to buy a home, that number at the becomes same time, 30%. You're also paying rent, right? Because you got to live somewhere. <clears throat> you got to live somewhere. So now is, I've got to pay two grand in rent a month. Right. Which isn't going towards anything, not right. going towards any investment. 
No, well, wow. you have to live. So I, I really wrestle with this. This this is a personal thing. I really wrestle with this. Sure. Because like Jesus told us, like store up treasures in heaven. And we have this North American mentality that we, we need to have a house. Right. Why? Why do we need well, to have a house? Well, I think it was one thing when it was affordable. Right. <laughs> right. When you only had to save 10 grand. Right. right? Like that was You're different, right? right? It like was you, so much easier. You just had to work for two years after school and then you probably had enough after a, you had an aggressive savings plan and a decent job. You probably had enough. Right. But so is that, is that maybe what we need to talk about is that buying a house is maybe not something that should be a goal anymore right now. Not in this current I don't market. know why it is a goal. Like I really wrestle with, I even wrestle with RSPs. I'll be honest with you because why am I saving up for retirement? Where in the Bible is God talk about how important it is for us to retire Interesting. at, at 55 or 60 or even 70 when the, the government tells you I need, I need to retire at 70. It's not really in there. Like you don't right. see Abraham, you know, in his retirement, him and Sarah are fooling around. They have this kid named Isaac, right? Like it's like, right. no, he's out there with the sheep and then God comes along and he's like, oh, I'll, you know, get my Lived servants to do this then, stuff. Didn't they? Sure. But still, <laughs> like, it's not like he was working towards Freedom 55 or whatever. Yeah. So this is some marketing ploy that's got us all convinced we need to. I just realized why that company is called that. Anyway, um, <laughs> there are times you amaze me. Yeah, that's amazing. Okay. So I really wrestle with that and I can understand oh, too, right? Like we have friends that we, you know, they, they grew up in Elmira. They, they're going to work in Elmira. They're going to live in Elmira. They're never going to go beyond Waterloo. Like that's their ambition. Then it probably makes sense for them to have a permanent home. If they're planning to spend the next 70 years of their life living in Elmira. Because they're never going to go anywhere. Right. But they've decided, too, that God's never going to move me. You've decided. You've sat down and decided somewhere in your heart. You've made a vow that this is my home. And, and although I say, God, you have my whole life, as long as it's in Elmira, you can have the whole thing. Right. Or Listowel or Kitchener or whatever it is. Whereas when we owned a house, I felt like it was an anchor on my soul. Right. I'm like, what if, what if God gives us an opportunity and I can't sell this house? It's a different market. Yeah. It's not so much a worry today, <laughs> Not so buddy. much a worry today. But again, like, okay, I don't so, regret not having a house. Okay, so looking at the idea of whether, whether you're saving to buy a house or whether you're, you're like, I'm just going to rent and do something else with my money. Um, investing, stocks, RSPs, RRSPs, what are these things? What are these funds? What are all these short forms that people talk about? Which ones should I be doing and not doing? There's all these apps now where people are just buying up stocks and putting their money in investments on their own. Should I be using a professional to help me or do I just do it on my own? Help. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> so here's what we know. Is a home, like if you're going to be in a place for a long time, you need to have somewhere to live. Mm -hmm. And that's really important. And it's important for your children to have somewhere to live. Whether that means buying a house or renting a house, well, that's a different discussion. Sure. But if you're going to be somewhere, you're going to have to pay for housing. Yep. So plan to pay for housing. Yep. One way or another. 
There's a monthly cost of housing. There's yep. a monthly cost of housing. That's just the way it's going to be. Now, where do I put my savings? That go back to our budget where I was yep. putting 10% a month into my savings? Yeah, like if I just do that in my checking account, I'm probably losing, well, I am losing money. You're probably losing money. Because the inflation so, is higher than the amount I'm getting. Correct. Yeah, okay. Correct. So but the only thing you really want there is your rainy day account, right? You should have some savings. You should right. have $1,000 for an emergency. My car blew up, I need a new one or whatever. Right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's even different. Like it's, my car blew up, I got to pay the mechanic. Sure. Right. I need a thousand dollars to fix my car. Mm -hmm. Um, maybe there is a family emergency and mm -hmm. you need to, to be at the hospital with your kid for three weeks because something happens and they're in the hospital. Mm -hmm. So you should really have one to two months of savings of income yep. so that you don't have to stress. Like if I don't work next week, I'm Fine. not stressed yep. about it. So that's what you really should be saving there. And that should probably go in a high interest savings account, right? Your bank has one. Oh, okay. So now we're getting into accounts. What does this mean? So you, that's savings. Yeah. So throw that in a savings account. So I just go to my bank and talk to them? Is it the best person? I would go person? to your bank and put it in a savings account. Okay. You're, don't think about interest at this point. I need that money to pay my mechanic I might my need car. It, I might need it any moment. Right. It, maybe on a card even. Right. Payable. Well, yeah. But if you can save it and you don't need a card, even better. Sure. But like I need it accessible right. today. You need it accessible today. Pull it out of an account on my phone. Right. Okay. So that's where your savings account is, right? You get two transactions a month and that's it. You sure. pull out two amounts a month. Well, but that's maybe all I, I need. But maybe I only need to keep two grand or five grand in that account. And then as soon as it gets over that, I transfer that to something else. So now else. you're going to want to save your money uh, probably in a different vehicle. So that would be a mutual fund. Different account you meant. A different okay. account. Yeah, sure. Right. So it's not a savings account. You have a checking account. That's where you do all your monthly ins and outs and sure. all your work. Payment, you have a yeah. savings account for that rainy day fund where it's like couple two months of income plus $1,000, right? Mm -hmm. It's over there. And then what do I do? Well, I'm actually saving, saving up for... Like that savings account could be your account for your savings for your vacation or your car too. Um, but what you're talking about is your long-term savings, right? There was long-term savings. So, so an RSP is a long-term savings. An RSP saving. is a long-term savings. So a retirement TF, savings plan. Yeah. A tax-free savings account, TFSA, tax-free right. saving account okay. is a long-term plan. Right. An RRSP or registered retirement saving plan. So that means I registered it with the government for mm -hmm. my retirement saving, long-term saving. The new one that's coming out is the first home savings account. Right. That starts 2023. Be so useless, but sure. Yep. It's just forcing people to save money right. for a house. For a, a dedicated item. It's yep. just dedicated saving. R-E-S-P. And like, R-E is registered. a registered education saving plan. Okay. So, so that's those, for school. That can be for school and that can be for a family. That right. could be for you or Leah. Yep. It so these are just accounts that help me save money, but also make more money than my normal bank accounts. Right. Because your checking account doesn't and make any money. And because they're all under the umbrella of TFSA, tax-free, the government's not going to tax me on the money that it makes. That's right. And that's all it is. They're oh, not wow. taxing you on the money you make on your investment. Right. Now I'm still getting taxed on the money I put in there because I got taxed on the income that I made to put it in there. 
Your income is taxed. Yeah. Because you, that's income tax. Sure. But then you put that money in the account and they're like, well, if it makes more money, we won't pay, make you pay taxes on that. Right. That's how a tax-free account works. Now okay. you can use anything you want in there. Savings accounts, GICs, which is a... Don't do those. Those are not worth it. No. <laughs> um, which is just a guaranteed, like you tell the bank they can have your money for two years and they'll say, okay, we give you 1% interest. Oh, That'd okay. be high. And you can't use your money for two years. <laughs> Uh, the other thing is mutual funds and stocks is what you mentioned. Okay, yeah. So, so a stock is just a piece of one company. Mm -hmm. Okay, so a digital piece essentially. Uh, it's just a digital piece of Bell Canada. Let's right. say I'm buying Bell Canada stock. Well, there's a million stocks out there, okay. and to buy one stock is going to cost you two thousand dollars. So I only not, have fifty bucks a month. Not exactly an affordable one, is it? Right. So I'm <laughs> buying like. 0.02% of Bell Canada stock. Sure. If I buy just the stock. Or I could put my $50 into a mutual fund. And because it's a mutual fund, it's mutual. It means 10,000 of us put $50 this month into that fund. Mm. So now they have $50 times 10,000 people. And they can buy a piece of Bell and a piece of TD and a piece of... Like they can buy... It's mutual. Mm -hmm. So they're buying many stocks. Okay. So you're probably best off for where you and I are. We we don't have the money or the liquidity or the f millions to actually be buying individual stocks, mm. right? Right. And and then you're trying to guess: is it up? Is it down? Am I selling high? Am I selling buying low? Am I buying high and selling low? Right. Like I lost money then. Whereas right. a mutual fund is like they pay some guy to do just that. Right. Buy these blue chip stocks. They just are steady. They're not going to fluctuate. Buy a couple of these risky ones. Buy a bunch of these stable ones. Yeah. And let's see if we make money. Seems like either of these methods, it's probably not money you're going to need quick access to or need to use. It's This should be essentially considered bonus or extra or something. This is that's... your long-term savings. This right. is you saying, okay, I would like to take a year off or maybe five when I turn mm. 70. <laughs> before I right. die, so if I put it in this mutual work myself fund into the grave and wait 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, that, then I don't that five really grand is going to grow right. tenfold or whatever. So it goes up today, big. it goes down tomorrow, it goes back up in three days. I don't care. Yeah. I'm not thinking about it. No. Over 10 years and more, it's going to grow. Correct. 5%, 8%, whatever. Who knows? Whatever. Yeah. Compounding. Sure. Right. That's the important part is that it's building on itself. Yeah. I've seen some interesting things like, um, <clears throat> again, start young. If you're 25 yeah. and you put away $50 a month and I start at 50, it's not like I had, and we both, we both put money away until we're 70. Your, your extra 25 years is actually exponential growth. Right. Because it grows on itself each year. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, <clears throat> um, I've seen like charts where it's like you can how much you need to invest per month um, to get to a million dollars and how quickly you'll do that. And if you invest only $250 a month into an account with maybe a slightly risky rate of return, like over enough time, over 30 sure. years, you're going to 35, 38 years, you'll have a million dollars, which is around retirement age, right? And so it's right. like. And that's what, that's what a lot of these 
places will tell you it's the slow and steady gets you to where you need to be. If that's where right. you need to be. If you need to have a million dollars when you want to retire, then okay, you need to be slow and steady at this. Right. And that's why in the US you see accountants and teachers that are millionaires. Yeah. Because they had this slow, steady, they are more of that like golden personality that's it's like, okay, I just save this much every month. And then mm. if I do that consistently for 30 years, I have X number of dollars when I'm done. Right. But what you use and stuff, like, I don't think anybody uh, your age should be looking at individual stocks. Right. You're just playing then. You're gambling. You're, it's it's just, a bit of a gamble, yeah. You might as well be buying lottery <laughs> tickets. You might as well be... You know, betting on horses like it's it's fun. Yes, I'm just like, look what I bought. I maybe bought Tesla. That, so maybe that's coming oh, out of your oh, no. entertainment fund then. <laughs> kind of right. Like, right. <laughs> why did you buy Tesla stock? Yeah. Like, Elon. Like, buy today. <laughs> it's down. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> chances are it'll be up next week and then down again. Yeah. Like well. it's going to. Yeah, you're gambling. Okay. Well, that's really all the questions I had. Um, I don't think we gave any expert advice on anything, but I think you gave some good basic advice on everything. And I think, again, to remember that we prefaced this whole thing with tithing first, giving first. That should be the first thing you do with your money. Um, or at least be considering that at the top of your, <clears throat> so much top of your what, budget line should be that. Yeah, so much of what we do today and the advice we're getting even in church is about, you know, Saving for tomorrow. And there's a lot of verses that the Bible says, yeah, you should save. And, and it's mm. not unwise to save. A wise person saves. Yeah. But we're called to be generous. We're yeah. called to give. We're called to, like, God gave everything. Right. He didn't hold anything back. And I see too many people that are such, so stuck in this save, save, save mentality. Get a home, plan for the future, plan for tomorrow. This is my best asset. God doesn't sit down and take a stock like that. Mm -hmm. Like it's not how he, um, you know, you got to count the cost and save up. Sure. Right. And he talks about like, that's a really valuable principle of understanding what you're investing in. But then he also calls us to faith, to step out of the boat, to, to take a risk, to, to trust him with his generosity, to give generously, to, mm -hmm. to pour out from whatever has been, He's, he challenges us. Try me. Yeah. See, if you, if you don't give me, give me what I'm owed first. Give to God generously and see that he doesn't give back generously. Right. And it's such a, a wonderful principle. Mm -hmm. And we see it lived out, but just not often enough. And the ones that do live it out, you know, those are the stories like, oh, did you hear about so-and-so and how they just gave so generously and God just seems to be blessing them. Like, why isn't that all of our stories in the Christian yeah. church? Right. Right. Why are we having families in our churches struggle with debt and poverty and, and that overburden? Why are we not just generously, why are we building and buying bigger homes mm. when you could have settled in your smaller home and helped another family get out of debt, pay off their house? Sure. Like, I'll pay off your house. You just have to live here for the next 20 years or 10 right. years. Okay. Sure. Right. And now pay it forward. Like generously do that. Now that you've 
freed up that mortgage payment every month, give generously to the next family. Right. And the next family. And like, what a, what a powerful thing that would be to pay forward. If somebody paid off my car payment so I could pay off somebody else's car payment. Right? Like how? I guess. Yeah. I'm just pay off your own how, though. Like, I don't know. But how generous is that? Yeah. Like if I'm stuck in a cycle of debt where I always have a car payment, mm-hmm. someone comes along and is like, I want to pay for your car. Suddenly I've freed up that, that $400 a month. And they're just like, give it, give it to God. Like, wow, that's amazing. Yep. So I, I don't know, like I wrestle with a lot of this stuff. I've spent a lot of time in accounting and in finance and insurance and investments. Um, and that generosity principle is rarely discussed. Yeah, no, it's it's just getting worse and worse, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, and and we have this burden of fear for debt. Like, how can I buy a house? That that is a very honest question. Like, how can I buy a house? And my question is, is that even that why is that your goal? Don't. <laughs> why is that your goal? <clears throat> yeah. Isn't it more like, God, where would you have me? And what would right. you have us do? Instead of like, how can I buy a house in this city? Yeah. Why how do you know you're called to this city? And if you are, then like, yeah, let's let's talk to people to get you into a house. It blows my mind how unrealistic it is right now. It is unrealistic. <laughs> it's crazy. So yeah. Anyway, I think we've chatted long enough. About... And there's so many people that are house poor <laughs> because right. they have to have that house. Well, that's yeah, that's a huge part of it. Okay, I think that's good for now. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Uh, good questions. See if anybody talks to us about see this. See if or... there's any yeah any response. Send us some emails. Send us some questions, folks, and. Uh, Push back on this. I'm happy to happens. Okay. Thanks. Have a great week. Okay, bye. Bye.